This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. What's going on, guys? I am Brandon. I'm here by myself right now. I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Joe Bakhti in just a few minutes. I just want to start with talking a little bit about matrix hormones and what I'm doing over there. I am essentially having the time of my life. Uh, right now, we're in the middle of revamping the onboarding process, and it's becoming a lot more um, personal and tailor fit, I suppose, to each individual prospective patient. Um, but I, I just, I love Matrix. I love the staff. I love the process. I love what they believe in. Um, essentially right now we've got new forms up or that will be up probably by the time this airs where, um, you can fill it out. It's just a lot more user-friendly and, um, upload what you need to upload and, as quickly as humanly possible, we get you plugged into uh, an appointment. In a lot of cases, we can schedule um, appointments like within a couple of business days, maybe even next day, assuming you get your information um, updated or uploaded quickly. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, aside from that, I've had a couple of conversations recently with uh, TRT community members and uh, specifically after the Susan Bratton episode aired and I really want to get, I want to get deeper into sex and relationships and sexual compatibility and, and things like that. And, you know, I'm a believer that, you know, sex is super important in a relationship and that it, it is a piece of a cycle, um, you know, like, a, a sex and bonding and, um, pouring into and or, um, serving your spouse and that, you know, sex is an important piece of that. And, I think a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys roll their eyes at this, uh, and they'll continue walking the earth thinking that their way is the only way. And it's just a given that all women are wretched creatures. And, you know, there's not a whole lot I can do to reach those guys, but I'll say this, there's just as many douchebag men as there are wretched women. And yeah, some of, some of them are broken. Um, honestly, we're all just broken in general. So that said, I've been wanting to dive deeper into how to build solid relationships and, <clears throat> a little piece of what, what I do, uh, disclaimer, I have a really, really solid relationship with my wife and a little piece of why that is, is because we communicate and some of these conversations can be super awkward at first. Some of them stay awkward, not, not for me, not the sex stuff, but you know, some conversations are awkward to have regarding sex though a simple thing that we put into practice and we didn't even do it intentionally. And, and we see immense value from it now is we debrief after we have debriefed. So, um, after sex, one of us, you know, every, every few times, not every time, but you know, every two or three times, one of us will just say, Hey, what'd you think about X? Or what do you think about Y? What'd you think when I did this or when I did that? And aside from communicating through it in the moment when it's happening, it gives us a chance to reflect on it, not in the throes of passion and, you know, talk about, uh, what we thought we liked it. We didn't like it. We liked it, but if we did it this way, it would be better. And it's not, 
it's not always like crazy stuff, you know, it's just like, Hey, what'd you think whenever I tossed you off of me and we switched positions and went into this, you seemed like you really liked it or you seemed like you, you didn't really care for it. And it just gives us a chance to open up a dialogue about what has transpired. Um, and just sexually speaking, it's given us an opportunity to make note of, you know, what each other likes and, and doesn't like. And then there are times when we even go back and say, Hey, you remember when I said that I wasn't a big fan of this? Well, let's, let's try that again because I'm kind of in the mood for, for this today or tomorrow, whatever. Um, and it really sets the stage. And then outside of the bedroom, if you can talk openly and honestly about sex and about, you know, some of those things that are really awkward, I found that it really opens up the lines of communication, uh, outside of the bedroom. And it makes communication about kids or money or life in general a lot less awkward and a lot more natural because you're getting that super uncomfortable stuff out of the way. But anyway, I, I personally believe that it has a lot of value in my relationship. So just wanted uh, to mention it. Today we're talking with um, <clears throat> Joe Bakhti. I called him a doctor. He's, he's not a doctor. He's the founder and CEO of Serenity. And Serenity is the most advanced genomic and AI-driven preventative care system in the world. It was created to serve the overarching goal of extending the human lifespan by a decade within a decade. Their new preventative healthcare platform, 20questions.life, is live and ready for use. So today we're going to be talking about the 20 questions that you guys should be asking yourself and your doctor right now that could save your life and would save more than 1 million lives annually if everybody did so. The difference between early and late detection can often mean the difference between life and death. In fact, detecting breast and colon cancer increases survival rates by 71-77%. to Early intervention can reverse 80% of type 2 diabetes and prevent 34% of deaths caused by heart disease. Driven to create a solution to make early detection and treatment solutions available to everyone, Joe and his team designed 20, sec- 20 questions as a first-of-its-kind platform, free for all to use. Visitors to their site are asked 20 personal health questions before being provided with accessible next-step solutions to v- designed to close that person's care gap and bring them quickly up-to-date screenings for chronic and acute diseases based on their responses. So we're going to get more into what that is, how it works, uh, what the care gap is, how do we close it, uh, what what types of screenings, what types of screenings are we talking about, that kind of thing. There wow. it is. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. So you've been introed. Um, I'm ready to jump into this. I'm super curious about this 20 questions thing. So if you're ready, let's kick it off and just tell me what it is and how it's going to save my listeners' lives. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, great to be here. So um, yeah, we recently launched uh, a new platform that is actually free to use. Um, we are working with some cities, also with the city of Santa Monica, on getting this to everyone, like a little more promoted. And um, yeah, at the core of what we are doing is what we call medical intelligence, uh, which is basically the biggest killer in America is a lack of medical intelligence, which means people not getting what they're supposed to get that ranges from preventative healthcare all the way to reactive healthcare, right? They are just the systems missing that automate more things to make sure no one falls through the cracks. And 20 questions uh, is a platform where you can go on 20questions.live um, very simple, and you start answering questions about your health history, and it identifies preventative care gaps, but also gets you into, you know, our bigger ecosystem. So if you have actually more problems, symptoms, other kinds of medical problems, you can, there are platforms that help you handle that. 
Um, but initially, it's designed for as preventative care. So you, it tells you, oh, you actually this age, you did this and that, gives you history. Therefore, you are late to ABC screening that can save your life. That's why we have these screenings. Yeah. And that's often all these things that 20 questions identifies should be insurance reimbursed because this is all preventative care fully recognized. Very cool. So when you say it's uh, connected to other things, is this like um, you're using 20 questions and I'm assuming 20 is the magic number, like the game, you know, you can really hone in on some problems. So you're using the 20 questions. Are you connecting that to like a, an employee assistance program almost where, you know, you'd, you'd be directly connected with mental health professionals or, you know, things like that? Yeah, from there it gets very, you know, let's say we identified a problem, right? So you you are late for something. Then you have the option. Um, so then you have some premium option where you say, like, I want someone to help me. So you can, for 95 bucks, for example, buy like a care coordinator on our side, which is very cheap. They just, you get basically a human to look at your case, get in touch with text and say, okay, Brandon, what's, do you need help? Do you have insurance? Do you have a doctor you like? Do, do you not have a doctor? It should be find you a doctor that you can go to, right? Or do you have questions about, I don't know, colon cancer screenings, like whatever is missing, right? And so you basically get a care coordination buddy that helps you solve the problem and also sticks with you and says like, oh, Brandon, we had a plan. Like, yeah. you know, you wanted to do this. Now it's two weeks later. Were you able to do it? Was there an obstacle? Can I help you with something? With the objective to close these gaps, yeah. because these gaps is what people what kills people. And if you tell then your care coordinator, you know what I'm interested in more stuff. Like I heard about ABC, can I also you know what about that? Then you can basically start getting also more to precision screenings, like into non-standard of care screenings. That's a different company we are also working with, Serenity, where you say like you know what I want to spend more money on being super safe and get things that my insurance doesn't pay for that are medically proven to actually work, but the insurance doesn't like them. Yet. So are you and noticing and, and recognizing that the first gap is just getting people, people don't go to the doctor, right? They don't, exactly. they don't do these screenings. So you're, you're offering us, um, one, a little pre-screening and then two, some accountability and some handholding. Yes. I love that. Okay. And so, it's kind of the vision, you know, of the future of medicine, the biggest problem in medicine, and most people are completely unaware of that, is not new drugs and new cancer treatments and new diabetes and all that kind of stuff. The biggest problem is population health and making sure people don't fall through the cracks. Because if you would stop all these things early stage, it's game over for all the diseases. Yeah. It's so easy to stop all it. We know everything we need to know to stop it, but people don't participate. Because the physicians are also not totally up to date and they don't really participate. So we need to shortcut that and give everyone the 20 questions so you can get actually in touch with systems that understand how to how to do things and make sure there is no gap. Yeah, love that. So how how effective are screenings? I mean, how are they are they actually saving people's lives? They actually, yeah, they dramatically save people's lives. That's why they're also, I mean, that's why Medicare and other institutions spend so much money on them and want to spend even more money because they know, well, we would love to spend more, but we can't get people to, to do it. Um, you know, they do it because they know if you detect colon cancer early stage, for example, and that's the third largest killer in cancer, um, your survival rate, your chance of surviving the cancer goes up from roughly 9% 
right at late stage to 95% wow. or 90% depending on the level. So because it's important to recognize in cancer, if you have an early stage tumor in the colon, very deadly if this is late stage, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, you can just go in, do surgery. Two weeks later, you're out of the hospital. Over 90% of people are cancer free for the rest of their life. Wow. So that's, people aren't totally aware of that because inside was a very localized cancer. It's a little tumor. It hasn't spread. You cut it out. It's gone. If you wait until say three, no one knows where it has spread. And then, then, then you have a real cancer problem. Yeah. So are you doing anything, um, to walk alongside with the physicians that are plugged in with the network, uh, trainings, or, uh, are they aware of what you're doing? Of course, not all physicians are aware of it, but <laughs> some physicians are aware of it. Yeah. So we have our own physician group also locked into that. So depending on what upgrade you want, you can actually get our physicians. It's all pretty cost effective, but people who are, for example, uninsured and just want to pay directly or who has have PMO insurance or want more better care, they can go with our physicians. Um, but we are more than happy to connect you to local physicians and we it's not total rocket science for them, right? They should be very trained on these things. So we can tell you a physician, look, uh, you know, Brandon is late for the colon cancer screen, by the way. And we try to be very like nice about that because normally they should have known that. <laughs> but we say like, just FYI, there's like some data here, you know, Brandon needs like a screening. So, yeah, I think it's great because I'm the type of person I need a checklist, you know, uh, whether I, you know, I first noticed it when my first child was born and you show up at the hospital, delivery's done. They just turn you loose with this kid. They just let you leave. And, you know, sure, you've heard things like you can visit the fire department to have them safely install your car seat and whatnot and and make sure you know how to do it. And I'm the type that, that does that research beforehand. But most people probably aren't. So they don't know what they need to get done, what age they need to get it done, how often they need to get it done. Same thing with an animal. I don't I don't know when my dog is due for a vet appointment for a vaccination or a procedure. You know, yeah. I have no idea. I need someone to hold my hand there. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's completely understandable. I mean, how could you possibly know all medical guidelines right. and how they apply to it? It's just completely impossible. And so we put all that burden on the primary care doctors and how would they know? Like, how do they keep track of all patients with all guidelines and how do they keep track of all the changes in the guidelines? And that's just the first level, an average male with no specific risk factors, needs colon cancer screen starting with 45 and then every 10 years. But what if you're higher risk? Well, then you need it much more frequently. But how do you know that you are higher risk? Well, you need a comprehensive family history intake. They need to ask you all kinds of questions. Maybe you need genetic testing based on that that's being triggered. The percentage of primary care docs who do that is like probably less than 5% yeah. if you're lucky because they just can't and they don't know the whole thing and they're too busy. That's all bad because the reasons we have these guidelines is they're all proven to be life-saving. Otherwise, you know, the whole country wouldn't go through very expensive guideline construction. Right. So we basically automated the whole thing. So, you know, like we, I don't have to worry. I just answered 20 questions from time to time. There's some updates because we need to check in sometimes. And then, you know, okay, here's my baseline. Now I get my baseline medical intelligence that just tells me across the board what's going on. Yeah. So what are ways that uh, we can prioritize preventative care? There are two big pillars. That's how I always describe it in preventive care. One is the actual prevention of disease, which is nutrition, exercise, and being a healthy person. And the other big pillar that is very overlooked and at least as important 
is actually early detection. Because certain diseases like cancer, even if the, with the best lifestyle, you are not going to reduce your risk too much. Right? By avoiding being diabetic, for example, you can cut your risk for cancer in half. But from there, if you're non-diabetic, there's not much you can actually do if you're totally honest. You can eat a little more healthy. There's some red meat discussion, which no one knows if it's like real or not. And there's some processed food discussion. But all that does is like instead of having a elevated risk, you're getting back to baseline. But your baseline risk for cancer is, you know, over 30% in your lifetime. That, so, I mean, that's a pretty high risk that you can't get rid of. And so the next step you can take is, well, technically, your main objective is not to avoid cancer. Your main objective is to avoid death by cancer. And so if you get cancer, you have to make sure you survive that. And that's all about early detection. Yeah. In other disease categories that we also cover, right, metabolic diseases, that's all about prevention and lifestyle, like to not get diabetes or if you have diabetes or prediabetes to turn it around. In cardiovascular, it's a blend, right? That you can do much more lifestyle. But cancer is one of these problems where you just need early detection. So how do we how do we shift people's mindsets? And, and you know, being in the medical industry myself, it is difficult to to shift a mindset that preventative care or just care in general is worth the financial investment. Do you find that to be a, a hurdle? Um I would say what we see just on a psychological level, I think you first have to make people excited about what they get. But in our case, it's life. That's a pretty exciting thing. <laughs> sure. So, so I don't think that's the problem. And then you, it's about the cost. How much is it? So you need to have costs under control. That's why we made the 20 questions free. So to give everyone a free system and then they can upgrade if they want into more advanced systems, but they get already good stuff for free. But maybe the most important thing is you may, you have to make the whole thing easy because that's the worst thing about nutrition. Why it's like, we tell you, no, you're, you're overweight, like basically 90% of the country. That's very bad. Uh, fix your nutrition. But how do you fix your nutrition? I mean, there's just, it's so complicated and you go on YouTube and everyone tells you, oh, don't eat carbs, don't eat protein, don't eat fat. It's like, are you all like, what's the plan? Yeah. Fast, don't fast. Like it's highly confusing. And in psych, you know, in psychological research, we know that the less clear the path is, the exponentially more detrimental to your motivation. Because to be motivated, you need to understand, is it a goal worth my time? Here, the answer is clearly yes. But then how do I get there? And if you make it insanely complicated, people get demotivated yeah. because they don't understand what they should do. And so that's, again, 20 questions that we, we didn't call it like, oh, the preventative, you know, protection framework or something. We said like 20 questions that can save your life. So it's like, <laughs> okay, I kind of get that. Let's just answer 20 questions. Yeah. And so I think that it's our job as entrepreneurs to make this easy to act on because I do not think that most people want to die. I think they get it. I think they also understand preventative care is the key. But then there's a dropout. It's like, but what do you do now? Where do you go? It's like, well, you have to read a bunch of books and figure it all out. I mean, that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. So it's the artificial intel intelligence that makes this so groundbreaking, right? Do you see AI becoming even more involved in healthcare in the future? Yeah, I don't just see it. We are working on it. <laughs> we are coming up with 
much more advanced systems even this year. And that's on the serenity side of things for these very advanced systems where you can basically type in your symptoms and say, you know, I, I have a weird diagnosis, I have weird symptoms, I feel bad, I don't know what to do. That's Serenity Foundation. That's like a product we are launching as we speak. And I think the special thing of what we understood and how we structured these offerings is you can't have an AI-only solution. That's what a lot of startups try to do. What we as a medical company understand, you can't do that because there is no AI that you can just ask and get medical advice. I mean, that would be very bad. Yeah. It's going to be not accurate. So you need a whole hybrid workflow where in the end physicians sign off the whole thing and review it. But the question is the preceding medical intelligence that can be very AI powered. And so we, we have very proprietary built new AI systems, much, much more powerful than ChatGPT, for example, in medicine, because you need to feed them with specific medical knowledge. They need to understand all of medicine and ChatGPT doesn't, they don't have the knowledge base for that. And so the future is very simple. The biggest, the biggest needle mover in medicine will be a medical intelligence layer. That's what I'm always like preaching. Like that's the biggest problem in medicine from prevention all the way to deep oncology, cardio, cardiology and so on that there are too many mistakes. There are too many doctors who don't know the latest and who don't, don't have complete knowledge of their field. No doctor has complete knowledge of their field. Our AI systems definitely have complete knowledge because the difference is you give you know, 10 textbooks with like 20,000 pages to a doctor. And are they going to read them all and understand them all? Of course not. No human can. This is very complicated stuff. But our language models can. They don't overlook anything. So you want this medical intelligence layer hovering over you from prevention all the way to treatment and be the coach of your doctors. Right? They basically have to say, oh, Brandon, now this and this is happening. And the doctor wants to make a decision and the AI system should tell them, okay, here's what we think. Boom. And then the doctor reviews it and says, oh, thank you. That's very helpful. And then the doctor can make final judgments. Like, but actually the AI was wrong here and here because there was like whatever going on. Yeah. These hybrid models are the future. And for the hybrid model, you need these medical intelligence cloud layers that are very powerful and are synced with the doctors. And that's exactly what Serenity is. Okay. You can do that preventatively. You can do it with, oh, we don't have symptoms, no diagnosis. We just want to be safe. What do we do in this profile, genetic profile, background profile, to have best preventive protection? Or it can be, I actually have a problem. I have symptoms. I feel bad. Why I got a diagnosis. Is it the right diagnosis? Very cool. So um, we can find out more at 20questions.life, right? We go and yes. we answer the questions and then we'll get feedback from that. Yes, we basically have two entry points here. We have the 20questions.life. That's where everyone can just start. If you already want to jump into, you know, more paid services, we also have getserenity.life. So for the training student, that's more like for people who want to really get into it and have full body MRIs and, you know, genomics and everything on a more cost-effective basis, but paid for and then you get a full rundown for your preventative care okay. right away with doctors and the whole thing. So in the Serenity platform, you would be buying into a, a membership to get more it, thorough diagnostics, right? Exactly. Very cool. I think it's awesome. It sounds really cool. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community.